You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 366. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to be talking with you. It has been a really fun week. I've been way more active than usual over on Instagram. I always tend to have stories up most of the time, just little snippets of my day. I'm not usually a real type person, so I don't follow the typical Instagram kind of algorithm lately, but I do like to post little things about my day. And recently I did a lot of Q&A kind of questions. I spent basically this entire day earlier this week just chatting with you guys and catching up on ideas you guys have for Team Lively and questions you had for me about just random fun things. And it was so fun to connect in this way. So one of the things that we talked about and is actually happening next week, although as you're listening to this, it may be airing at the start of the week that it's beginning on, is embodied alignment. This is my next class I'm teaching starting October 12th to November 2nd. And it is near and dear to my heart for a few different reasons. And I just want to share, this is kind of my journey around the subject of eating and my mind's obsession with controlling my body through my eating and exercise for nine years of my life. This was the area that my mind struggled with and tried to control for the the first big period of my life. It was from around 16 years old to nine years. So that would be about 25. There was this complete obsession with this subject. And I actually have someone here on Team Lively, Ella, who said, it's okay that I mentioned her name. This is actually dedicated to her as well as my younger self, because this is something that many people struggle with, obviously. And Ella's really been encouraging me to go into this subject in addition to the abundance course that we just did for other people that might be trapped in their minds around this subject. So when it comes to embodied alignment, I'll share more about the class in a bit, but first I just wanna give you guys just a story time of my life. I actually haven't told this story verbally, I don't think in its entirety ever on the show. So this might be new or pieces of this story might be new if you have heard me talk about this before. Some of it might be fresh and I'll just go in more depth about it. It's basically how I experienced my mind for nine years of my life obsessing about my eating exercise weight, basically my mind controlling my body. This started when I was about 16 years old And at the time it was kind of innocently began, it was because I was in, I was a very athletic girl. I always did sports like basketball, soccer, cross country track. I just really liked that. I didn't have rhythm. My mom put me into dance classes when I was quite young. And I kind of like gymnastics and soccer a bit more. My rhythm for ballet was completely missing and tap and other things. Just I wasn't as good at the rhythm stuff. So did a lot of basketball, especially in high school. And in those years, I took a winter off of doing the basketball season. And I remember the comment being made, you know, she'll have to stay in shape by, you know, just running on the treadmill or something for the next season since I wasn't going to do the basketball. I don't even remember why I didn't do the winter training that I typically did, but that year I skipped it. And so with that little comment in mind, I started to run on the treadmill at home. And that was kind of where it began. And what ended up happening was I lost about 20 odd pounds from where I was as a freshman in high school into my sophomore year. And I already eating naturally as a normal girl at that time uh, as a freshman, I was in a very healthy, normal weight range, you know, kind of my body had the right mass for its frame. 
on it as it was. But when I started doing this like run on the treadmill for staying in shape for basketball thing, I ended up, I think, losing weight. And then it just kind of spiraled into a kind of a true obsession. And I didn't start it to lose weight, but as I did lose weight, I became obsessed with it. I started calorie counting and had a very specific number in mind that I would count my calories to every single day. I would recount the same calories of what I ate every day for dozens of times throughout the day. I would track my training and my running on the treadmill over and over and over again and put it on calendars and just really obviously quote unquote stayed in shape, got into better shape in terms of running because I was running so much on the treadmill, watching Oprah, by the way, which is so just lively at that time of my life, watching Oprah running on the treadmill. That was definitely like me of my high school years. So a little piece of me still obviously with the Oprah effect, but uh, this, this obsession with the training, man, it really spiraled and I lost a lot of weight. People noticed, but no one said anything to me which was very interesting. I think nowadays I would find it hard to believe that no one would say anything. But back then when I was in high school, no one said anything until the doctor for a physical one year, I think probably the following year or so, maybe one or two years later, said that when he weighed me for the physical for, again, for sports and basketball, I actually at that point, I might have even become a cross country you know, in track because I was running so much. I was obsessed with it. So I actually became a better cross-country runner than a basketball player. So I switched sports. And in the physical, he said that I was borderline anorexic and that if something wasn't done for me to gain weight, he would have to take action. And my family at the time, I don't think they had any real idea what to do with what they were seeing. And I was hiding the, you know, they didn't know I was counting the calories. They didn't know how mentally obsessed I was with the subject. So they just obviously saw their daughter lose weight, but they didn't think that I actually had a problem. And I just think they just didn't have a lot of or any real awareness or understanding of what I was experiencing inside of myself. And also, I don't think they had any conditioning to, you know, kind of give them clarity on what to do with someone that did that. And because I would still eat ice cream and still eat other foods, I wasn't only eating carrot sticks. As long as I hit my calorie you know, quota for the day. I didn't really remove completely all different types of foods. So I think that they saw that I was still eating ice cream. I remember, you know, then they didn't think I really had a problem, but obviously the doctor saw through just based on the results of what my body was going through. At that point, actually, I remember being 16. I have a photo I remember back to, and my little brother, Michael, Michael doesn't like it when I call him little, but he was in fifth grade at the time. And he weighed more than me when I was 16 and he was in fifth grade. So it was definitely something to be concerned about. And obviously my mental stress, I was thinking about it constantly. It was the number one topic on my mind for, like I said, these nine years, but these were the underweight years. Then it got into college. I did men's crew. I was a coxswain on the men's crew team and trained with the guys in the indoor trainings and was actually submitted as a lightweight women's rower in my University of Michigan days. I actually really loved being on the men's team. It was super fun. It was still a way to stay involved in athletics, which I had done all of high school. So it was fun to be able to be involved on a team without being an actual like collegiate level athlete because that was never something that I was quite talented enough to do. But the freshman rowing team for the men's team was something I could join as a coxswain and didn't have any training ahead of that, but was able to join and be trained and then did the actual athletic training with them for the ERG competitions. And again, was in really excellent shape by then, but at a better weight 
But it was still obsessive in the sense that I was obviously training with college men in their trainings and loving it for that obsessive compulsive kind of ability to stay fit. I was eating, by then though, I was eating more food because you to stay in the ability to actually do the workouts, I was eating two trays of food like they were. Actually, I think that was an interesting transition too. I started eating two trays of food just like the guys in my rowing team were doing. And because I was training, I was able to stay thin in the beginning with that kind of higher eating calorie count, of course. But in a later point in time, I went through therapy in college. And with the therapy, I was uncovering and dealing with some issues from my childhood and younger years that I hadn't dealt with as a kid. I was in college, so I was finally kind of able to get out and have support and talk about stuff with a professional. And that time and looking at what occurred when I was younger and hadn't had the capacity to work with with anyone professionally created a huge sense of stress and emotional turmoil to be looking at what I had kind of suppressed when I was young. In a way, I think the eating could have also been a bit of a control mechanism to stuff I couldn't control. But then here in college, when I'm in this therapy, reflecting back and also being at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. The Ross School of Business now is a very different place than it was when I was there. It was very highly competitive. And I was a little jewelry designer, (laughs) budding entrepreneur who just wanted to go, you know, learn how to sell to Macy's (laughs) one day. But I was with like a lot of mergers and acquisitions, M&A, investment bankers, accountants, like at the big three. It was a very, very hyper competitive, very corporate focused business school. So I definitely went to the wrong school for what I wanted to gain out of the experience. So putting my personal emotional stuff that I was going through through therapy, plus a college program where I was deeply unhappy in my junior year, I took those eating habits that I had kind of cultivated and then I hadn't continued to do the training. I was only on the freshman crew team. I didn't stay on in those later years. So this kind of spiraled me into binge eating in those higher older years. So the other, this sparked the other half. So for half of that nine years, I was underweight and obsessively counting the calories, obsessively running. And then I flipped over to binge eating for the emotional discomfort. I had no idea how to deal with the emotional beanbags that I was facing and coming up constantly through the college courses that I was in, through the competitive nature of what I was not talented at, but I was being graded on a curve against everybody else who was super competitive and really good at what we were learning, and I was not. So it was really, really, really stressful. I almost like have tears in my eyes for my younger self. That place actually, and that deep, 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 deep unhappiness is actually what spurred me to do the work I do with you here. What The Lively Show was spawned from was a moment of clarity in the business school library where I was so unhappy, binge eating candy bars. I was an RA, a resident assistant at the time, so I was living in the dorms with the students. I was a junior and senior, and then my you know, people in the dorm were freshmen and sophomores that were kind of living on my hall, and I was in charge, kind of like the big adult, big sister or babysitter kind of, if you're out of American culture and you don't know what a resident advisor was, it was, yeah, the person in charge on the floor in the college dorms. And I would go to therapy and then I would come home and get stuff from the, I would get credits from the meal plan that I had. I would buy candy bars and I would eat them 
and throw the wrappers out. I was eating them so quickly. I would get, I don't know, a few Snickers bars or whatever, and I would eat them on the way up to my dorm. I was on the fourth floor, so I'd climb the four floors of stairs, uh, flights, flights of stairs from the basement, you know, kind of like snack shop. And I would eat the bars so fast that I'd be dropping the wrappers into the trash cans along the way. So from the distance it took me to go through the building, I could consume three or four candy bars by the time I got to my room. I was that unhappy and that ill-prepared to deal with the emotional situations that I was facing and had no idea how to do beanbag release. Had I known how to do that, of course, I didn't learn that until about a dick. <laughs> 15 years later how to do that and that's why I'm so thankful that we're able to teach you guys that through the living room for free today but that was what I was doing I was emotionally eating my feelings because I was not knowing how to feel my feelings I was eating my feelings and yeah it was a really heavy 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 point in my life and in the library one day I just remember deciding that I needed to figure out a better way to live life than the work hard, play hard, hustle mentality that I was being presented in the school. I remember one of our professors saying that, like, this is a work hard, play hard school. And I was just like, oh my God. And especially given what I was going through personally on the therapy level from my childhood, I certainly didn't want to be in a work hard, play hard environment. It was the last thing I wanted to have in my life going forward. So I was really in a deep conflict within myself and the environment I was in, the reflections I was having on my childhood. I was just in a deep, deep place of, of sadness and loss for real answers that would bring a fulfilling, easeful, joyful life. But deep down, I think I did know that that was what life was supposed to be. I just certainly was not given any solutions to how to achieve it in my childhood or in my college degree. So with that in mind, I made this promise to myself in the library that I didn't know how to live a better life than what I was being shown, but I certainly knew that that was not the path for me. And I didn't know what the better way was, but I promised myself when I figured it out, I would help other people. And that's what I do. That was the promise I made when I figured out what an easier, better, more fulfilling way to live life would be. Obviously, I knew and I was wise enough to know I had to figure this out for myself first. But once I figured it out, I knew I wanted to help anybody else that was struggling like I was. And that's what led to the blog. And that's what led to the podcast. That's what's led to the classes and including this class. So very, very full circle moment for me to be living that reality that I, I always knew was possible, though I had no idea what it was. So now I'm so thankful that we've done so many classes and podcasts in the living room and the foundation in so many different ways to help you guys have this access to what I did not have access to when I was younger. And that promise in the library didn't stop the binge eating, I will say. So that continued um, for several more years, about four and a half more years. Through that period, I remember being in the dorm room still, I couldn't even sleep with chocolate in the room. I also had this weird obsession, not obsession, but like pattern of eating until I was so uncomfortable. I remember going to like, what's it called? That Italian pasta place in America that you can eat all you want, the all you can eat pasta place. I'm sure you guys are shouting it out from America right now. Italian, I forget what it is. Anyways, that restaurant, I would go there and I would eat until I couldn't fit any more food in my stomach. And I was never bulimic. I always had a fear of throwing up. So that was actually not something I never actually faced. 
But what I had to deal with was how to deal with the discomfort of my belly that I put it through by binge eating all of the pasta and breadsticks. And this had happened also with other types of food. This was certainly not just the Italian food at that restaurant, but it was also many times I figured out how can I deal with the discomfort I've put my stomach through. So I would lay with my legs up the wall so that I wouldn't vomit basically. So I tried to figure out how can I ease my stomach or be in the least likely to vomit situation possible. So I went through years of basically mild starvation, being so hungry and refusing to go over the calorie count. And then here on the other half of the nine years, I was eating so much and I was still trying to do the calorie count thing, but I would be even more stressed because I was blowing through that calorie count and then having double that calorie count, if not 2.5, the calorie count I used to have restrictively in the past, and then lay on the floor or on my bed with my legs up the wall so I couldn't vomit. This is how intense this period of life was. But it truly was, for me, a very emotionally driven experience. Obviously, I was deeply unhappy for many reasons, personally, in the now moment I was living in and also reflecting on the past that I had grown up in. So it was... It was hectic, to use an Australian word. It was hectic. I also couldn't sleep with chocolate in the dorm room at that time because I constantly, I don't know if you, for anyone that has had eating drama in their minds, they might be able to relate to this. I had this constant story in myself for nine years, especially, let's say, the the second half of those years, so five years or so. I would constantly tell myself, I'm not going to eat chocolate and ever again, or this is the, the last day I'm going to eat this way. I'm never going to do it again. So I would eat all of the chocolate or all of the whatever food I was binging on in my dorm room at the time. I couldn't sleep with chocolate uneaten in the house. I either had to have nothing there or I had to finish it that night because I was never going to eat it again. Only to the next day or a few days later have another binge of another, you know, chocolate or candy bar, you name it. I used to eat Ben and Jerry's and let the ice cream melt and then eat the entire pint of uh half-baked with the chunks of brownie and cookie batter. I used to melt the ice cream, pour that out, and then eat the chunks. Actually, it was really good, but I don't, it's not a good way to eat. Like, that is not a natural way to eat or a normal way to eat food, especially that amount of it. It was just my way of, quote unquote, cutting calories while still binging at the same time. So anyways, this is this is the real story, guys. I haven't thought about this part of my life for so long because this was many years ago now. This is 14 years, all the way up until I was about 25. So I'm 38 on October 15th. So gosh, that's about 13 years, 13 years since all of this has happened. So going back to this, I can still vividly remember all of this. I also remember of photos that I would take of myself because I was so hyper thin for so many of my earlier years. I remember seeing a photo of myself in college with a group in my internship year, especially in New York, where I didn't recognize myself in the group photo. I couldn't find me because what I looked like in the photo wasn't recognizable to myself as who I was or what I looked like. That was a humbling experience too. I don't know if anyone else has had that experience, but it's uh, kind of shocking when you're like, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? And then you see where you are and you're just like, whoa. It's it's It happened a few times to me. Two photos come to mind right away. I was actually looking on Facebook on my old account. I never really go on Facebook anymore, but I was checking it out to see the photos I could show. Because I think it's like, I can say all of this stuff 
But I think that sometimes putting a picture to it can give you that visual like understanding of what I'm describing because you can see it in my body. You can see that my body is kind of concave in those early years. I'm just kind of like a little leaf on my frame. And then you can see the convex of me where I'm carrying way more weight than my body naturally needed to have on itself naturally. So it was, it was a whole big journey. I also tried nutritionists when I was in college, checking off the little portion control boxes endlessly. I also did Weight Watchers once I was out of college in my early 20s. I did Weight Watchers to try to lose weight as well. And to be fair though, with the obsession in the second half, I was carrying more weight than my frame naturally needed. And I know because I can see it reflected in how my body looks now without controlling it. I, my body was artificially heavier based on my mind's control. An actual controlling attempt to make it thinner made the outcome of my body heavier, which sounds obviously, I want to say the word counterintuitive because it's like literally it is, it's counter what you <laughs> intend, but it's literally law of attraction at its best, right? What you're afraid about losing the weight, you're going to get weight that you're afraid to lose. Like that's what matches. It's not what you want, it's what the vibration is at. So that's what I got for so long was the actual need to lose weight was constantly reflecting in the body. Like I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight was putting it, I was putting that out there the whole time. And so of course I was gaining weight because that's the vibration I was emitting. I was keeping on because I was still at the vibration of I need to lose weight, which means the body needs weight that it should quote unquote in the mind's view lose. So anyways, all of this to say at the other side of this also towards the second half of this whole ordeal, I also eventually started to realize that part of me also deep down was also afraid to lose all the weight and then actually overshoot it and get anorexic again. So I was kind of, I had only known two extremes. I knew borderline anorexic and I knew binge eating, carrying more weight than I needed. I didn't know for so long at this point, it's all been almost a decade of my life and I was pretty young when this all happened. So a decade of my life up to 25, from 16 to 25 is a huge portion. It's like 50% or 40% of my life at this point it was, you know, I didn't really remember what it was like to be 15 and eating normal. It, it was so foreign to me to understand or even, and it felt honestly almost, almost impossible. And actually it was impossible with my mind to control perfectly to be a balanced natural weight that my doctor would have signed off on and said, that was the right weight for me to weigh. Of course, there's no right weight for you to weigh. May I also say, obviously there's no weight that anyone should or shouldn't weigh. It is whatever it is based on the gravity that we have on this planet. If we had a different gravity or you have a different weight on the moon, you have a different weight out in space because it's based on gravity and your body in harmony, but there's no specific amount of mass that one body should technically have. My mind would have hated hearing me say that now, but it's obviously true. So it's an interesting journey, but I will say that when my mind had this idealistic goal that was actually pretty in the middle, bang, like pretty much bang on in the middle between the two extremes that I was living, between the underweight and the overweight, my ideal, according to the doctor weight, was right smack in the middle of those two extremes that I lived on for those nine years. So living in that middle was always basically an elusive impossibility and then to try to control, get there, and then stay there for nine years was not ever happening. So eventually, I figured out that I needed to surrender my mind's control. And in doing so, I made peace with the complete unknown of what would happen. But I just knew that for those entire nine years, I wanted my body to look and feel a certain way because when it happened, I would feel peace. That's what I decided. Why did I want it? Because I would feel peace. 
I'd feel peaceful if I was at that weight that I had tried and unsuccessfully maintained for those nine years. And then I realized, well, when I was thin, I was always afraid of gaining weight. And if I was heavy, I was always afraid I'd never lose the weight. (laughs) And so neither place of the entire nine years was I ever peaceful. And even if I got to that magic middle point, I was still afraid that I would gain weight (laughs) or I was afraid I'd become borderline anorexic again. I was never, ever peaceful at any point on the scale. There is no point on the scale where peace actually lives because peace is not a number. Peace is not a number on the scale. You weigh different when you go to the bathroom versus before and after. Like you're never going to weigh the same thing constantly. It's literally an impossibility. It's a mirage. It's like trying to keep a cloud the same size in the sky. Like the body in the sky is constantly changing. So the idea of trying to keep something so perfectly controlled is the ideal of the mind and the impossibility of the nature that we're living in. So so it's obviously a recipe for disaster. I'm sure you realize this yourself. If you have this issue or don't, you can obviously see the, the catch 22 and all of that. Over time, I eventually surrendered after that nine years. I didn't want to get to 10 years of obsession. I knew that I was close to 10 and I didn't want to know that I spent 10 years of my life thinking and obsessing in my body, what I looked like, what I weighed, how I looked in the mirror, or like looking at my reflection as I walked down the street in the, the, in the buildings beside me, just kind of judging myself at all times. Was I okay? Was I worthy? Was I beautiful? Was I, was I, was I, was I, was all, of the, all these things. And eventually I just surrendered. I had no idea what would happen by surrendering the control. I just knew that I needed to go to my intuition. I was still early days of the intuition at that point in my life because I was only 25. So I was just basically just starting to write to my intuition at that point. But I didn't even have that dialogue with my inner voice even strong enough to even think to write to it at that point in my life. But this was the area I first struggled with in my mind and first released control with from my mind to my intuition. I just didn't have that verbalizing dialogue or beanbagging yet in my arsenal. So those came years and years later. But I did find enough clarity, enough awareness, enough intuition in me to release the drama When I did, my body found over time some interesting phases. One phase I went through was that I legalized all foods. I just ate what my intuition wanted to eat until satisfied. I moved at the pleasure of my soul. I stopped running marathons. I also, by the way, in my early college or post-college years, early 20s, but still obsessed, I would run marathons trying to lose weight and didn't actually lose weight in the first marathon at all. And then barely lost any weight in the second one. So I was running hours and hours a day to lose this weight and still kept it on. It was it was kind of a hot mess, as you can imagine. So eventually realizing I want peace more than anything, I went through interesting phases of legalizing all foods, but staying tuned to my intuition and then legalizing the healthy foods again. That was an interesting phase I wouldn't have expected. I had a lot of mind to try to get in there and take over control even for short while. So there was a lot of mental back and forth. There was the unlearning of binge eating. That was an interesting journey too. So there's a lot of different phases I'm very excited to go more in depth with in the class Embodied Alignment. But one of the other reasons I wanna do this class is in part because obviously nine years of my own life, Ella's been asking me and asking me to do this for the, the community, for people that might also, she's not badgering by the way, she's like the least badgering, but she's really been passionate about wanting me to cover this topic. And I, looking back on this as I'm describing it, obviously it was so stressful. 
Like, yes, if there is a way for people to get out of this mess, and maybe for some of the people taking this class, they will not have had the extremes that I had, or maybe they're just letting go of the last final tentacles of the mind on the body in some form or fashion. Um, By the way, when I did let go, I guess I could say now, the how I've lived the last 13 years, I just eat what my intuition wants to eat until satisfied. I eat naturally. I eat anything I want, whatever I want. I do not have stories around it. I follow my intuition seamlessly. It is beautiful. Yes, my body probably has ebbed and flowed on the scale, but I haven't weighed myself in years and years and years. Like I don't even remember the last time or last country. I Probably before I sold my house. I don't even, 2016 maybe? I have no idea what I weigh. I do not worry about it. I can see what, there's a lot of shifts in perception when you get your mind out of control of your body and you get your awareness back in your body and your wisdom back into awareness. It's so different. It's like night and day to approach your body, to looking at your body, to seeing photos and to uh, looking at the importance or obviously the lack of importance of what anybody weighs on a scale. It's completely irrelevant to every point in your day. It never, it used to make such a difference. And I'm sure for people that are still trapped in this, they can relate or have been trapped in the past. It is insane how much the mind can make the scale and the number you weigh on it set an emotional tone for your day, high or low. It's a roller coaster. But now that I've been off of that roller coaster for 13 years, I can say that I have photos where I can see I have more wet, let's say, let's say more mass or less mass on the frame, but it's in an ebbing and flow and a sustainable and balanced way. It does shift through times where I'm in the summer and able to walk a lot or in locations where I can walk a lot. And it shifts differently when I'm in places where I can't walk a lot or it's winter and I'm less active, obviously, or different things, but it's not ever out of balance. It's always finding this harmony that the body wants to be at, not my mind. And that is incredibly liberating and gives me all of the results that my mind actually wanted in the past. I'm actually achieving without any of that control. I never needed to get in the way to have the best and highest for my body and for my life. So it was incredible. It was a huge gamble. I had no idea that that would be the outcome, but it is what's happened for me. And I'm very, very happy that I'm behind that subject in my life. And I'm 13 years out of the woods with that. Another reason that I feel excited about this class is because I had a client session, one of the Talk With Jess sessions. By the way, for anyone that doesn't maybe know that, I do offer one-on-one sessions. They're Talk With Jess. So they're actually talking with me. There may be little moments of inner voicing, so it's not a full inner voice session. If you want a full inner voice session, there's the Find a Facilitator page to do a full session one-on-one with one of our facilitators. But the Talk With Jess sessions are more actually like you want to talk to me about experiences that I've had in my own life that I might be able to help you with, et cetera. But in one of these client sessions a few months ago, a client came to me who had this issue with the dieting and I loved the session. And I think it was kind of the first little ping to maybe do this class because it's not in my mind for the last 13 years to think about it. I don't really think about teaching on it until it comes up through, you know, Ella suggesting it or this client situation. I could relate so much to what she'd experienced. The woman that I worked with had, I think she said like 30 or 40 years of restricted dieting energy in her life. And she was so sick of it that about four or six years ago, I forget the details exactly of the person, but about four to six years ago, she found the body positive movement. And so after all of these years of dieting and restricting, she went into the body positive movement. And again, since I'm not doing this in the world of body world, I don't know the the speakers, teachers, and leaders on this. So 
no idea where she went to to have this experience. But in that body positive group that she found herself in, she ended up telling me in the session recently that she gained about 40 to 60 pounds in the body positive thing. And she said she was kind of stuck with this subject. And that's why she came to me to talk about it, because she obviously was happier being body positive (laughs) than restricted in her dieting. But she was also kind of in this catch-22 of going, but I don't know that gaining the 40 to 60 pounds that I have is actually healthy for my body. So she didn't want to start restricting again, but she also didn't know if the 40 to 60 pound gain that she'd had in the pot, and she wasn't borderline anorexic as I was when she left the restricted dieting modalities. She didn't need to gain the 40 to 60 pounds. This was uh, above what the frame was needing to hold. But in the body positive thing, it was all about as she experienced it at least. And I'm not saying this is what everybody in that movement says, but for her, she felt stuck with this education that she was given from wherever she went. I don't even know. doesn't matter. But basically she accepted herself and then gained all this weight. And so that's what it seems, and as we spoke about it in our session, we realized is she didn't know how to be in that embodied alignment. So body positive is obviously step one to accept where you're at and the peace no matter what happens, but also then getting back into the body in an aligned way that is aligned to the body itself to not gain unnecessary weight just because you're not restricted dieting. I'm not restricting now. I'm eating for my body's alignment now, and I don't get my mind in the way. And so it finds its own balance, but it's not holding on to more or less than is needed for its own wellness and well-being. And that was the piece that she found missing from kind of the pendulum swing, from the restricted dieting ways of being to this other way of being, which was kind of like permissive and celebrating. And it's great to celebrate the body. That is essential to celebrate the body and not fight the body. But it didn't seem like it actually was in a natural embodied alignment place for herself. And during the session, we found that was obviously true as we talked about the difference between what she could be living as, as the embodied alignment class will teach versus how she was implementing what was called in her own mind, body positive movement. So with this in mind, I am very excited to help anybody else. I have so much compassion and understanding of this subject in terms of my own life as I've just shared above. So if this feels appropriate to you, even if it's on the just the like the last 10%, maybe 90% of this stuff you've already moved through in your own life or it never was as hard or heavy as mine was. That's wonderful. But let's say that you're still not quite 100% natural and intuitive and relaxed and open and easy about your body. If that's still something that you want to click into and just raise your vibration in this area of life, the trust in this, the releasing any tendency to stress eat or to not love the photos that you see of yourself, all those kinds of things, whatever's coming up for you, basically. I'm very, very, very excited and honored to work with you. I have so much compassion. I'll say that over and over again, especially for this subject. I have so much compassion, so much firsthand experience with how stressful and mentally draining the subject can become for the mind. And now seeing the results that I've at least personally experienced like and how much easier it is to do. I never could have imagined my body could look as beautiful as it does 
and be as easy as it is. So if that's something that you want to feel and it's truly from this place of embodied alignment, I'm very excited to work with you. I want you to love your body as it naturally shows up for you and it does without the mind's control. It's kind of like handing the body back to itself again, giving itself back to its natural understanding. It can serve itself. The mind can support it by going inward for the answers from your intuition and living them out in the mind to implement, but not to control, not to micromanage or to macromanage for that matter. So anyways, in addition, I've brought on my little support team for this class as well. So it's gonna be more interactive, just like our aligned abundance was. I loved the group, kind of like the multi-workshop facets. So we're gonna do that again in this. You're gonna have three module calls with me and hot seating for hours of a time with the people that are in the class. And you could submit questions if you can't make the hot seating live. So I'm gonna work with everybody directly in this way. I'm also bringing on my personal friend and hypnotherapist, Rachel. She's gonna do RTT for people as a group to help with this because obviously there can be a lot of heavy, deep stuff that comes up for this subject for people. So gonna bring that into this mix as well. We also have Lauren Siesco who is a body coach with this kind of work herself in her own business. And also she's going to do an inner voice interview to help detangle the mass consciousness beliefs on food and diet culture. So we're going to help untangle a lot of that mass consciousness because a lot of this, the mind's been so brainwashed by culture for many people. We need to release all of those beliefs and get down to the truth within yourself rather than in what's been spoken about, taught about and regurgitated by others. And then we have Nishi, our foundation director and yoga teacher and author. She's many things. And she's gonna be doing an inner stillness yoga class with us to help us get practice with the going back into the body and bringing the awareness back to the body out of the mind. That's basically the biggest thing is getting the awareness back into the body out of the mind's control of the subject over and over again in every way. And that body movement piece will be shared with Nishi. So. There you guys have it. That is the class. If you're interested in joining, you can go over to jesslively.com slash embodied alignment. I am honored to be with you. There is nothing wrong with your body. If this is something that you're struggling with in the mind, please let me say, there's nothing wrong with your body. If it's in a state of imbalance in this, this side of the scale, this isn't to say like supplement imbalances or like chronic illnesses, that's not what this class is for. This is for the mind control of the body and what it looks like and what it weighs, that kind of stuff. If it's at a state of imbalance, it is not necessary and it is far easier once it's actually released from the mind to have easeful, natural, aligned results that are mind-blowing in a way that I never could have imagined. But I am so glad I took the leap to actually fire my mind from my body's control, stop being the coach for my body and let my body be my body. It has been an ever-rewarding experience for myself. And I truly would love for you to feel as peaceful and calm and trusting and balanced in yourself as well. Everyone deserves it. It's something that I think we're all born with without mass consciousness conditioning or without that idea of, uh, as I said earlier, eating our feelings that, or like controlling for our feelings on the body. That's really powerful. So I'm so excited to work with you for intuition, of course, as always feels it's a fit. And until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>